Elliot, what was it you said to me before? Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. <laughs> Popheads, welcome to issue 43 of Popcast, a.k.a. the TomCast Popcast, brought to you by 3BZine. Uh, my name is Tom, and I am joined once again by the delicious Roger Smith. So, so good. <laughs> um, if you are a fan of awesome small independent podcasts, just like this one, you can follow us along, uh, follow along with us, I should say, <laughs> on Twitter, at TomCast underscore Popcast on on Twitter, like I just said, and then at the Tomcast underscore Popcast on Instagram. Rogers at X Omega Gold on both of those fine formats. Yes, indeed. How have things been going? Not bad, you know. Just got off work, ready to do some popping. This is going to be a bit of a different episode. Yeah, uh, we're we're not going to going to necessarily cover the news, yeah. as, as it were. We we had uh, we we gave you a, a special assignment. Yes, the people demanded this. <laughs> Everyone who talked to me about about our, our Hans Tober spectacular yes. two part episode <laughs> um, was aghast at the revelation that the Roger Smith yes. has never ever <laughs> seen Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, something I had to put out there. You know, I, I had to be <laughs> honest. Were, were you full of shame? Uh, you know, more or less. <laughs> There, there was a great amount of shame to be had that day. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's very fair. <laughs> um, now, to be fair, now to give you a little bit of defense, <laughs> it, it is a movie that is older than you. True. <laughs> and not, it's not much of an excuse, but it, yeah. it's the only one I can give you, really. I mean, the, the film did come out in 88, 1988. Yeah. Not 1888. <laughs> it's not that old. No. I'm not that old. Uh, it is back, you know. I mean, it, it's it's definitely it's it's Bruce Willis with hair. Yeah, you know. I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot of things in this film. It, it's it's original Vell Johnson before Family Matters. Mm-hmm. I mean, in in Alan Rickman before Wands. Yeah, it's crazy. No, it's just awesome. I think one of the coolest things about the movie. Well, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. hang on. We'll get into that. <laughs> well, let's let's give a little some. Let's just just share some some deets. All right. All about right. about the film. Yes. All right. Die Hard. Opening weekend came out on July 17th, 1988, and its opening weekend engrossed, oh my god, this is such a small number, $601,000 in eight, $601,851. Uh, it would go on to gross a lot more than that. Uh, overall, it grossed over $83 million, uh, over $141 million worldwide. So it, it, it did well, eventually. It seems like it... Bit of a slow opener for a summer movie. <clears throat> yeah, that's interesting. I wonder what else was going on in the world that weekend. Uh, who knows? What else it was up against? <laughs> um, it was directed by John McTiernan, who has done another five favorite film of Rogers and I's, Predator. Yes. Uh, and it starred it starred Bruce Willis, kind of one of the first actors of of his per- of this period of time, mm-hmm. trying to make the, the the leap from television, where he was a star on Moonlighting with with Sybil Shepherd, mm-hmm. to the silver screen as 
as a new action hero. <laughs> sort of an everyman action hero. Not the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, Sylvester Stallone, buff, ripped T-shirts kind yeah. of thing. You know, no, not too many uh, steroid pumping shots in this <laughs> flick. This is true. Um, and the tagline is one of my favorites. It's 40, 40 stories of sheer adventure. <laughs> About, about about New York cop John McClane traveling to Los Angeles to, to reconnect with his wife and his kids. Yeah. He's going to her company's holiday Christmas party when, what would you know, terrorists show up. God, I hate when that happens. As they are wont to do, especially yeah. on Christmas Eve. That's just terrible, terrible timing. See, so what? to me, one of the fun parts about this, you know, because we gave you the assignment, you've yes. done the homework. Uh-huh. So that means in a few months, when, when Christmas is here, we can have the conversation, is Die Hard a Christmas film? Yes. Now, I may awesome. tackle you with that a little bit now, but I may, I may awesome. hold off. I've got to decide. I've got to tease that out maybe. Maybe sure. play, stretch that taffy out until December. Yes, yes. Well, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I guess just let's, let's, let's dive in. Sure. Fan? Yes, very much so. <laughs> two two Roger and Th- Roger-tastic thumbs up? Oh, yes. It definitely lived up to the hype for me. Okay. Okay, yeah. we'll talk. Let's let's tell us about your your film going experience watching this. You <sighs> you uh, I, I'll tell you what, and let's throw me under the bus <laughs> sure. because I think that everyone needs to know that I really screwed the pooch on this one. So uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell the story on this one. So you know, as is uh, the assignment, I had to watch Die Hard. So Tom, being the epic host that he is, let me borrow it. He had the three movie <laughs> collection, so he's like, you know, I have it here. That way, you don't got to rent it. You got it. Fine, take it bring it back. Good to go. We'll talk about it next time. I'm like, okay, there's my homework assignment. So I get there, you know, I set up the the selfie with the little Instagram shot and the, my, uh, Hans Toberfest beer, um, next to it, post that up on Instagram, open the DVD case and it's empty. (laughs) Whoopsie. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, I was kind of sad for a minute because I thought I wasn't going to be able to do my homework, (laughs) you know, because that's, that's always the, the sad part. And uh, turns out I had a super like cheap movie credit on Google Play. So I was able to get like 4K for like two bucks. And I'm like, not bad. Easy not bad. mode. We're doing this. Okay. So Christmas was saved. and uh, <laughs> In more ways than one. Yeah. All thanks to Google and uh, a little uh, coupon magic. No, that's great. I felt like such a like a such a dumbo. No, I when mean, you sent me that picture of the empty DVD case, I was like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. Uh, it, it was pretty funny because it was just like, hmm. Now I know I didn't drop it. <laughs> no, I mean as soon as as soon as you sent the picture, I mean I knew, I knew exactly what, uh, what happened and how that all how that all played out. Uh, DVDs are are played at high frequency at Christmas time. Yeah. In this household. This is true. And uh, somewhere along the way, it got removed while something <laughs> else got put in, and it just got put in a stack somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that happens. And uh, unfortunately, that does happen far more often than it should in this house. As someone <laughs> who prides himself in taking care of his DVDs, which means that someone else in this house probably took it out Another and set it aside. Another Die Hard fan. No. no. Uh, this person, <laughs> not a fan of me watching Die Hard on Christmas Eve. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Actually, generally, uh, this person is not a fan of me watching Die Hard at all because I watch it way too much. <laughs> I don't wait for Christmas. I mean, like this is a flick I watch on the reg. Nice. But now, uh, I'll be honest. Now, I, I did upgrade recently to a, um, a Amazon high definition digital version. Oh, very so I just nice. Watch it at my will. <laughs> this new, this new fancy age we live in, where everything's at the touch of a finger. Yes, that's amazing. Right, that sounds weird. Finger, yeah. it, I don't. 
How's that expression go? Finger looking good? Really? <laughs> no, that's probably not it. Mm. <laughs> Tastes like Die Hard. Like Argyle eating in the limo down the garage. <laughs> oh, yeah. He has a good grub. Oh, yeah, he definitely did. <laughs> All right, uh, let's take us through the, through the experience. Uh, did you watch it with you with your lady? Did you watch it with? Did you let the, let the little man watch it with you? Uh, no, a little dude was off doing his own stuff, but, um, yeah, definitely watched it there with my girl. We were just uh, hanging out. Yeah, so she's I, seen it before. Yeah, Die Because Hard she is, knows what's up. Yeah, she's always told me Die Hard is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Like she loves Bruce Willis, like nice. starting with this movie, you know, and she just remembers like seeing it all the time as a kid it being like one of the ones where she would wait for, you know, to find out, oh, it's coming on this weekend. We all got to be home to watch it, you know. Right, right, so, right. So, yeah, that's what we did back in the 90s. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I think I may have told a story, um, if not here somewhere else. Uh, mm-hmm. the, I'm pretty sure Die Hard, oh, shit, I might have said it on Hans Superfest. Yeah. I think Die Hard was like the first radar movie I ever saw. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's ingrained. Yeah. Ingrained in the membrane. <laughs> I think that was definitely one of her first, too. And that's kind of one of them that just stuck with her. So, no, yeah. No, when, granted, I actually saw it in 1988, though. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, probably a bit of a difference. But, <laughs> but yeah, no. I was, saw it when it was new. <laughs> it was fresh. You you had the uh, the hipster moment. You saw it before it was big. <laughs> oh my yeah oh yeah that's exactly I, I, yeah I was listening to Die Hard before Die Hard was cool. Uh, oh man okay so let me let me stop talking. You take over. Tell us tell us the tale. Yeah so pretty much you know we were there. She was excited to have us watch it. So you know we threw it on. We sat there had the uh, Hans Toberfest brew. Which, hey, uh, at the hey, time hey, I think hey. we were doing the uh, the Carl Strauss. Oktoberfest. Nice selection. Nice yeah, selection. so kind of just kept that vibe going. I'm like, this is the proper beer for the movie. And we are keeping Hans Superfest rolling as we do this special episode yeah. of, of you watching Die Hard. Uh, we have today. Today we have Ale Smith's Ale Schmidt Oktoberfest. Their their classic style Meritzen Lager. Uh, just lovely at five point five percent. You, oh, you yes. mentioned it when you first had it. It's a little bit sweeter than than. I think maybe than you thought it would be. Yeah, yeah, no, but in the best possible way. Yeah, yeah, still toasty, roasty, malty. Toasty, roasty. Yeah, it's got a little bit of that, little, you know. Little hints of nuttiness. Yeah, nutty, little, little, almost a little spicy. Just nice sweetness to it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, it's, I, I mentioned it um, on, an, on a recent episode of, of Beer Night, uh, mm-hmm. how it's, it's one of my favorite cans. It, the, yeah. The, <laughs> it's got that nice Bavarian flag wrap around it with the, you know, the, the classic Ailesmith, Ailesmith, <laughs> And Alesmith logos on there. Yeah, yeah, no, I love how they Because Alesmith's been making this one for a while. Yeah, this is definitely one of them. But, you know, I think it's just one that I missed for one reason or another in the past. But I think this year was probably the most wide, widely just... I think this year it had its widest distribution that I've noticed. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it, it seemed like they, they in the past they've done smaller runs on it. Mm-hmm. But I think Alesmith, uh, you know, being aware of... The rising lager trend, yeah, in, especially in San Diego, you know, with places like like Deft and like Epic, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, uh, I think they're like, hey, you know what, we probably can put a lot more out of, the, of this out in the market and, yeah. and do pretty well with it. And it was a nice uh, six pack. I think it was like right around nine, ten bucks. Oh, very nice. Yeah, so yeah. so super friendly, super drinkable, and delicious. Yeah, definitely need more of this. And I'm, I've been happy to see the uprise in the Oktoberfest beers this season. Yeah, it's been great. There's been no shortage of great <laughs> Oktoberfest beers to pick from. Yeah, hopefully we'll get some more later. Or I should say Hans Oktoberfest beers. Yes, I'm yes. slipping. <laughs> yes, Hans Gruber would be very disappointed. All right, so you, you pop the D, you, you don't pop a DVD in because there, there wasn't one. Yeah, so but we you, were just you get your, you get your stream. And it opens. A plane lands in Los Angeles. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah, and it's just, you know, 
him coming in on the plane and you're you're already starting to get the backstory as to like you know what's going on he gets in the limo argyle's there you meet argyle as a character he's he's great <laughs> i was convinced argyle was gonna be a huge movie star because he's so charming and charismatic he is though. i was wrong yeah that was <laughs> unfortunate and i mean i thought he was gonna play a bigger part in the movie but he plays appropriate parts when he needs to, <laughs> it's a it's an it's a very action oriented movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Argyle provides comic relief, but yeah. not in the sense of like, you know, do you remember the the awful Judge Dredd movie mm. with Stone, Stallone and Rob Schneider? Yeah, and and Stallone's dragging Rob Schneider's character around for no real good reason <laughs> other than to be comic, comic relief. relief. Yeah, <laughs> this is not that. Not at all. You know, you cut to Argyle, like you said, at appropriate moments. Yeah, and he he, he does provide some lightness. Yeah, no, I think that was one of the cool parts is that, like, they managed to have a comic relief character available without actually even having him there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was just like, yeah, just kind of cut to him every now and then. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, they get there. He gets to the, you know, he's the limo driver, Argyle. So, you know, he takes him to the hotel and, or not the hotel, I'm sorry, the office building. And that's where... He goes up and finds out that the wife is going by her maiden name. Right. Which is kind of disappointing to them. You, you kind of get the backstory going on that's like there was some issues and she left to go pursue her career and he stayed behind because, you know, he had his stuff. She had hers. Right. And they kind of had a bit of a falling out, you know, not technically divorced, but... Uh, technically separated in the sense that they were physically separated. <laughs> you know, so he's going up there and he's kind of, you know, coming to terms with this. So he goes in to get washed up and that's when shit hits the fan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that moment where uh, Hans Gruber and crew come in and storm the building pretty much, just take control of everything. And he hears the gunshots and he goes into cop mode, <laughs> you know, he's got his, you know, piece there on him. He's, uh, checking the door and hiding appropriately. And it's funny because, you know, since he was washing up, one of the <laughs> ongoing themes is that whole, uh, you know, he's barefoot because he had taken off his shoes per the advice of some random guy on the plane, which it was like such an off, like random line where he's just like, oh, you know what helps make me fists after? Make with your toes. Yeah, make fists with your toes <laughs> on the carpet. It works for me every time. And I guess it worked, but um, he unfortunately didn't have time to put shoes on. No, the terrorists came. They don't wait for you to get your socks and shoes on. <laughs> and I think that's always been like one of my like fears is being like unprepared clothing wise if something hits the fan right yeah that's no good it's um it's not fun to walk around barefoot especially outside or <laughs> in any places in general i got a real thing about dirty feet don't yeah. care for it yeah yeah and i'm just like if i had to run on any hard surface barefoot <laughs> that's not gonna be fun yeah i think that's something i probably liked when i was a kid but i yeah. definitely have, have become much softer in my older <laughs> age older age yes so uh that's definitely a running theme in the movie which is kind of funny uh i'm not sure why they really put that in there but it was kind of something where it's like that little 
extra added bit of like uh, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like things will, things happen later in the movie where you're just like, oh crap, because he's barefoot, this affected him more. You know. <laughs> so one of the things that uh, I didn't realize the first bunch of times that I watched Die Hard, but as uh-huh. I over multiple screens over multiple decades now at this point for me, uh, I I came to realize that, that Die Hard's based on a book. Oh really? And uh, that always intrigued me. I'm like, oh my gosh, like so many of these ideas probably come come out of, out of this novel, mm-hmm. but. And I, for a little while, I entertained the notion of trying to track down a copy of the book of, from which the film is based on, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I kind of dismissed that immediately because, <laughs> you know what? This movie is fucking perfect. Yeah. Like, reading the book can only <laughs> diminish either the film or the book itself. Sure. You know? Yeah. I was like, nah, that's not as good as this, or this isn't good as that. Sure. I love the film movie so much. Yeah. <laughs> what? Since... since since this isn't is this since we're not celebrating John McClane Fest mm-hmm. and we are celebrating Hans Gruber Fest. Yes. Talk to me about Hans Gruber and your your impressions of him. You're the, you know what did you think? What were you were you were you enjoying his his performance his <laughs> ambiance as it is uh, in, in the film as much as as me and and, and millions of other people around the world. <laughs> I gotta say yeah. I mean just just the way he just like chewed the scenery. He would just sit there and his voice, you know, just like he speaks the lines and just kind of holds that for a minute. And just his characterization was great because he ultimately, he doesn't seem like a ruthless guy. He just seems like a guy that has a goal and will stop at nothing to get there because he wasn't completely like evil. You know, he had the, there's the scene where, you know, later when they have all the hostages there from the party, there was like a lady that was pregnant or something. Mm -hmm, And then, mm -hmm. He's, and then they're like, oh, we need to take her out to uh, get, you know, onto a couch or something. And then he's like, I can have a couch brought out to you. And, you know, and, you know, he's, she's talking about like people are going to need to start using the bathroom. And, you know, he's like, saying, sure, like we'll take you in groups to the bathroom or whatever. But it's like that. these are like not really considerate things, but just like humane things mm-hmm. that he was doing. And at the same time, he would just as easily shoot you. Well, I mean, let's not the, the, you know, let's not sugarcoat <laughs> Hans's uh, y- humanity in this. I mean, like he's going to take those people up to the roof and blow them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which <laughs> I is mean, kind of funny. He just probably didn't want to smell poop. This is true. <laughs> or afterbirth. Nah. Would be my other guess. Yeah, but it, so it, it's it is like a, okay. We'll take care of these people now because I'm going <laughs> to blow them up in, in 30 minutes, anyways. He, he wanted to keep it believable, but I only guess. if he could find the detonators. That's true. Wow, the detonators. <laughs> and this was a big problem for him. Yeah, so so uh, Die Hard, Alan Rickman's first, th- I think it's his first theatrical work ever, but to be, yeah. you know, specifically first Hollywood. major, yeah. Um, and uh, it, it was a long time, I don't think it was until I saw him in the early 90s in the uh, Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie mm-hmm. that I figured out that he's not actually even German. <laughs> yes. Like, that's how convincing I thought that accent was. I was like, oh, that guy's German. Oh. Now, Rickman, that sounds kind of Germanish. Yeah, close enough. You know, maybe outside of Dresden or something? I don't know. Possible. <laughs> yeah, possible. I, you know, who well, I know as a kid. Yeah, we don't question. Then I'm, I see him doing interviews for, uh, you know, for the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, and I'm like, wait a second. That guy ain't German at all. He sounds British. He sounds more like Churchill. <laughs> no, it's crazy. I was like, whoa! Yeah. So, I mean... Again, uh, my, my love for him goes up ten times, and then mm. I see him in Robin and Prince of Thieves, and he just steals the movie. Yeah. But that's a whole different podcast right there. <laughs> um, 
Talk to me more. Keep, keep going into it. You don't, you don't have to recount the whole plot, but I mean, just overall impressions, things you really liked, things yeah. you didn't. I mean, what'd you butt up? Is, is there anything you butted up against? Or was it just, just an amazing, glorious two hours of your life? You know, I, I mean, I had a lot of fun with it. One thing that I thought was weird is how when they introduced the, the cop character that he's, you know, constantly talking to on the walkie talkie, I didn't realize he was going to play such a big part in the movie, mm-hmm. you know, he, he kind of becomes like, you know, McLean's confidant and all this, you right, know, he's right, like, right. he, he's the only guy he has through all this turmoil. And I thought that was like a really cool dynamic. And especially, you know, at the end of the movie where they finally see each other and they both realize who each other are. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like such a cool scene. Like these guys have been through the mud. Yeah, they just have this like connection from mm-hmm. the time they, you know, it's kind of like John's sole source of support. Yeah. While he's the only guy fighting. Yeah. But now, again, we throw the word terrorist around kind of liberal, uh, liberally, uh, but they're basically just fancy bank robbers. Yeah. What kind of terrorists are you? <laughs> <laughs> they're the kind with the best artillery, though. I mean, let's uh, be yeah. honest. Yeah, they had some good gear. Oh, my gosh. When they're fighting, repelling the SWAT team. <sighs> yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, they had. they were just had it all planned out and just, you know, that dynamic of, you know, the know nothing <laughs> captain or sergeant or whatever that was just constantly trying to tell them like, oh no, we're going to go about it this way. Our guys can easily handle it. They're just a bunch of, you know, amateurs essentially. And they were very much proven wrong at that. <laughs> oh, definitely. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool to see that dynamic of just, you know, him and the you know just beat cop basically and uh it was it was very fun overall very fun overall (laughs) any any uh lines pop out as your favorite (laughs) oh man there's so many quotable i mean it doesn't be like hans it could be john too i mean john has a ton of great lines too (laughs) just oh man i think just all the references to you know john wayne (laughs) the roy rogers and all that was just hilarious. Yeah, I, now I know you know it's only your first time seeing it, so I don't sure. I don't expect you to have everything memorized just yet. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like it's such a you know, infinitely quotable movie. Uh, I think I may have, may have mentioned during Darren Hunt's Soberfest episodes that a buddy and I we could do like a two man show of of it because we know every line that every character says because yeah. we just love it so much. Yeah, yeah. And it's <laughs> it's it's such a fun movie to rewatch too. And like mm. now you rented it for two bucks. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I think I might know what Santa's gonna bring for your stocking <laughs> this year. Um, That's awesome. Uh, because it's it's just it's a fun movie to rewatch. It really oh, is. Did you find now as as a as a younger man than I, <laughs> uh, did did you did it feel dated at all in any sense? You know, the the only dated thing I would say is obviously how they were able to shut down all communication. Right. Like, That'd be a lot harder nowadays. Yeah, like you wouldn't be able to do that nowadays. Like you'd have to come up with something like, oh, some. Uh, cell tower shielding thing, and then cutting the hard wire and all this kind of stuff. Just yeah, it did, yeah, it'd be a whole, or, or well, nowadays you know you just pull out some kind of fancy looking device and you plop it down on a table and you say, oh, it's blocking all cell phone communication. <laughs> yeah. And you're and like, you oh, of course it is. Show somebody pull out their phone. Oh, I'm not getting signal. Yeah, yeah. Like you see no bars. Like, yeah. Oh, it must be working. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's really the like the only thing that they would have to quote unquote fix for a modern adaptation. Um, everything else seems pretty pretty accurate i mean obviously the the characterizations and some of them like especially the fbi guys oh, johnson and johnson yeah <laughs> johnson and johnson so good yeah they were they were very much over the top you know like 
it was very trope FBI, like a-holes, you know, <laughs> like, oh, we're here, we're in charge now, and you guys don't know anything. Yeah, thinking they're like two steps ahead of everybody yeah. else. <laughs> when really, they ended up getting pretty messed up. You so. wanted miracles, Theo? <laughs> I give you the FBI. And of course, it, <laughs> fr- uh, I was about to say Franz, that's my friend. friend my, fr- my friend is Franz. Hans is different. <laughs> but Hans Gruber being the guy that he is, is two steps ahead of the FBI and yeah. he knows that the, their tactics are going to help him achieve his goals. Yeah. And it's great. And then they blow up a building. It's amazing. Yeah. They yeah. shoot rocket launchers at hum, or at, 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 at Humvees. I mean, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's, those people out there were covered in glass. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> glass. Who gives a shit about glass? Uh, yeah. I could do this literally all day. <laughs> I believe it. Um, I, I know you were in LA recently. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you took a gander at the skyline, but that that is the real building that 20th Century Fox is, is headquartered in. Oh, Nakatomi really? Tower is a real place. You can't actually go to it and see it. That is so. Cool. I do recommend it highly. Now that you're now that you're a diehard diehard. Yes, diehard diehard. I like it. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I I mean, obviously, I figured it was a real building. I just didn't realize it was the Fox. HQ. Yeah, I, uh, I believe the story is it was under construction uh, at the time. Oh wow! Uh, and they 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 used that. And apparently, <laughs> uh, according to this article on IMDb here, the, uh-huh. the Fox charged themselves rent to use the film <laughs> to, to film there. Wow! Which I'm like, well, I guess that's smart. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, yeah, some some sort of circulation <laughs> of money, but uh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, ooh, ah, I'm ripping, ripping my headphones off here. Hang on a sec. <laughs> oh man. Um, what else? What else? What else? No, I mean, going back to the uh, the under construction, I think that was a really cool aspect of the movie, too. Oh, the how, floors that were unused yeah, that they could yeah. just kind of shoot up and do yeah, stuff. Yeah, just the fact that, you know, each floor was like a completely different mm-hmm. scene. You know, you had these completed sections where, you know, he's fighting in this really nice office versus like this under construction section. And just to see how he adapts to each situation, you know, and... There were definitely moments in the movie where I had like genuine like fear of falling in those scenes where he's like, you know, up the elevator shaft, you know, going from one thing yeah. to the other. I definitely got tense in that, or like when he's getting pulled off the edge with the with, yeah, when he has the fire the hose, hose around, around his yeah. Yeah, waist. It's it's pretty remarkable. I mean, the movie conveys so many different things uh, as far as, as as like a visceral mm-hmm. kind of reaction to things. I mean, you know, you're up in a uh, you're you're up in a high rise. Yeah, you know, so obviously like heights are an issue. Sure. But they go from like heights to to claustrophobia very quickly when he's in the yeah. vents or yeah. when he's in the elevator shafts and things like that. And I mean, you know, you got elevators whooshing by you and stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> you know, he's in, he's in, he makes the line about feeling like a like a TV dinner when, yeah. he's, when he's in the vents. <laughs> yes. Which I mean, I don't. Do they even? They, they still make TV dinners, right? That's still they a thing. make them. I, I, I don't know if anyone eats them. I don't think anyone calls them TV dinners anymore. No. <laughs> you're, oh, you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, they definitely have like those hungry man microwaves. <laughs> That's the yeah. the Salisbury steak and the mashed potatoes that's what i'm thinking of yeah yeah perfect yeah i mean it's it was such a um for better or for worse Mm. uh, die hard led to a whole new genre of action film where it was like the action movie that takes place in a thing or on a thing (laughs) or about a thing that's true it probably did kick it off (laughs) yeah that's that's really what started it i mean next thing you know uh uh, steven seagal's on a boat and 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 uh, keanu reeves on a bus bus and you know i mean there was there was a a bunch of them yeah and and die hard's kind of the thing that got it all going action in a thing well i mean even die hard and its sequels kind of had to keep one upping itself at least for the first three Mm -hmm. you know he goes from the building to an airport to an entire city yeah 
and and um, you know, I I, I I find the first three films to be all very enjoyable. The the, mm-hmm. the first one's the the benchmark to me. Oh yeah, that one's easily the best. But I enjoyed two and three. Now, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to go too deep in this because yeah. I'll probably turn it back to the original Die Hard. But you you mentioned you watched two also. Yeah, I got into two. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch three, but I definitely finished two. And uh, two was pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think it. Uh, it wasn't as innovative, obviously, as the first one. It, it didn't so much retread a lot of the stuff because I felt like it was almost it was similar, but the structure was almost reversed. Where you knew what the like end game was right up front, yeah. like they figured out these bad guys were here. So now you're like, well, what's this building up to then? And then you get the twist in that one too. Yeah. So I, so that's a perfect jumping on point to go back to Die Hard because mm-hmm. what 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 did you think about the twist? Because I mean, because yeah. obviously, like you're you're watching the film and it's very much like, these are terrorists. They're here to do some kind of corporate espionage kind yeah. of thing. You get whatever. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> but there's it's you know it's it's like I said it's it's basically a heist. Mm-hmm. And and so when when that's finally revealed to you, I mean, how do you what would you think? Yeah, you know, it's like. I kind of I kind of had the assumption that they were there to actually steal money. It's not a shocking twist. Yeah. I mean, don't yeah, get me yeah. wrong. That one was but I think the part that did like, you know, come off as not maybe not a twist but a surprise to me was like they kept saying like uh the the hacker guy with glasses, he's like, you know, I can get no. through the yeah, I could get through the first six the first six layers of defense, like no problem. It's that seventh one that I'm not going to be able to do anything about. But it just seems like Han's got it under control. He's like, "Don't worry about man it. with the plan." Yeah, he's like, "I'll take care of it. You just do your part." Right. You know, and that's that's kind of his whole theme throughout the movie. It's like we go according to plan because I know exactly what's going to happen. And for the most part, it would have been true if it weren't for that meddling McLean. John McLean, <laughs> the monkey in the wrench, the yeah. fly in the ointment, the pain in the ass. Pretty much. But um, but yeah, no, just the, the twist of the he knew the procedures that the FBI agents were going to take to shut down the, <laughs> the power. And essentially that would unlock the seventh lock on the vault. So, yeah, when he when he ended up just like killing the uh, the, you know, head guy. <laughs> just like he's like, oh, you're not gonna tell me the codes? Okay, <laughs> he just kills him. I and it's like, oh crap! Right? Yeah, when he's kill- uh, when he kills Takagi at the, yeah, at the yeah, beginning. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was kind of one of those things where, again, you 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 know you think there's some kind of terrorist thing like that guy's gonna be a hostage. Yeah, negotiations, you know, ransoms, things like that, and then he just blows that guy's brains out. Yeah, and you're just like, oh shit! And again, like, <laughs> the first rated R movie I ever saw, I was like, whoa, that's a lot of blood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, that was definitely more than I expected because I mean. I've always known the 80s movies to be super, like, over-the-top blood explosions everywhere. But up until that point, it was relatively tame until the headshot. <laughs> and then that kind of kicked it into full gear there. Right, right, right. So let me ask you about um, uh, uh, Alexander uh, Gudnoff mm. as the long blonde hair henchman <laughs> of, of Hans and his uh, feud <laughs> with, with John McClane. Yeah. What'd you think? Pretty good? I thought it was pretty good. Just, you know, the fact that he's driven by rage over him killing his brother, right? So <laughs> he was just trying to get him the whole movie. But, like, Hans is like, you'll get your chance. Just wait for us to finish the plan, you know? Like, he managed to talk sense to him up to a point, you know? Yeah. But when he finally had that chance alone with him, shuts off the walkie-talkie. <laughs> so Al- Alexander Gunov has... Uh, Long since passed away, unfortunately. He died mm-hmm. very, very early. Um, oh, okay. But uh, um, 
he's an interesting guy. Hmm. Yeah, he was born in Russia. He defected to the United States. Oh, he wow. was he was a, a Russian in the Russian ballet. Oh wow! And he became an actor and, and was in. <laughs> Several movie action movies and, and comedies as well. I mean, he ended up being a very talented individual. That's cool. Um, but his, I mean, his his turn as as uh, as, as as Carl in in Die Hard is <laughs> yeah. has become like iconic. Hmm. I mean, it's just it's just crazy to think about. Uh, he's an interesting guy, and you know, uh, someone I thought was very talented who died way too soon. Yeah. Just, just like, uh, like, just like Alan Rickman himself, who's who passed away a few years back, yeah, much which, too young. Which is, which is crazy. Yeah, I was, I think I was talking to my girlfriend about it. I'm like, wow, it's super hard to believe that Alan Rickman passed away so young. You know, like he wasn't that old. You know? <laughs> so, just, uh, just to have that happen. Yeah, uh, he, uh, Alan Rickman passed away in 2016. Um, yeah, he was born in 1946. Mm. So yeah, definitely before his time. 69 yeah. years old. Yeah, that's rough. I mean, sixteen has a good run, but I think you know you would have hoped you had a few more years. Going. Yeah, I mean, how old is how old is Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis, that's a great question. I have that information at my fingertips. All right. I don't think. He, how old do you think he is? Uh, I mean, he's got to be like mid sixties. I mean, I, I feel like he was definitely younger than Alan Rickman. How good are you at math? <laughs> More or less. What Let's do we got? See here. Uh, he was born in uh, March nineteenth, nineteen fifty five. 55. All right, 55. So that's going to be 45 plus 19, uh, 64. Hey, 64. Okay. And I actually, looking at this, I had, I had no idea about this. Bruce Willis, born in Germany. Really? Yeah. Uh, Eider Oberstein in, West, in what was then West Germany. Huh. I must, he must have been, must, parents must have been military, I guess. I guess so, yeah, because... Yeah, United States military base. Yeah. Okay. Huh. How about that? That's crazy. Maybe that I should have read the bio earlier. I don't know. Yeah, this is all very a lot. Stuff. <laughs> so he could have been the... T- no. no, no. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> oh, that that would be like the crazy J.J. Abrams reboot yeah. version where like John McClane's the bad guy. Yeah. And he, he turns halfway through the film and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> what? And Hans Gruber has to save everyone. <laughs> That would be crazy. Oh, that would be crazy. Um, gosh, I don't. I, I don't know what else I have to say about about Die Hard. I mean, I could talk about it forever. I just don't know if anyone else wants to hear me talk about it forever. Yeah. No. I mean, it definitely. I I feel like it really does stand up the test of time. You know? With, let's talk about the climax. Okay. All right. So he's basically killed all the baddies. Yeah. He's got the two bullets. <laughs> he he walks into the vault. Uh, his, his his wife is there, Hans is there, and they have the he gets the, he gets the shots off. Yeah, he kills the one guy. Yeah, just kind of wings Hans, sends him through the window. <laughs> what do you think of that shot of, of of Hans hanging out the window, taking his wife with him? Yeah, you know I was actually talking about that with my girlfriend, and we were saying like, this looks real. Like it was a well done shot for the time. Like just the lighting and. Just, you know, with the backdrop of the darkness just behind him, especially as he was falling, was pretty convincing. So I I came across a YouTube clip recently mm-hmm. of Alan Rickman at some event. Uh, he was being asked about the filming of that sequence. Yeah. Um, and he, he uh, the question was, mm-hmm. is it true that when you film this sequence that instead of, uh, instead of letting you, you know, releasing you for the fall on the uh-huh. count of three, it, they, they let go at two... 
so they get that surprise the reaction on your face. <laughs> and he says, I don't remember that because I was too scared, basically. Uh, it, it, it was a real, I think they let him fall like 30, 20, 30 feet, something so like that. So it was a real Cause shot. Because he, he was actually, he was terrified to begin with because, yeah. I mean, he was an unknown actor. And he's like, sure. yeah, sure, this seems normal. Yeah, yeah, Just I'll, put I'll me in this it. harness thing and I'll fall 20 feet. Yeah, but still, yeah, that's crazy. No, no so yeah, there. they got a real reaction. They got a real fall. I mean. Wow. I, I'm assuming it wasn't out of a out of a building, but probably not. But I mean, that's that's what I was saying, though. It's like that backdrop looked pretty pretty convincing. But like, I mean, that's how action movies were back then. You know, it wasn't just practical effects. I mean, it was like you know, risk, but you know, slightly calculated minimal risks. Yeah, ideally, <laughs> you know. So it's because you got to get to look right, and I mean. Yeah. Especially during the during this time, I mean, John McTiernan was on top of his game. He was crushing action movies. Yeah, yeah, I definitely because I mean, like, you you put that shot next to say like the shots from Die Hard Two, or like you know, John's in the in the ejector seat against the backdrop of the exploding fire. Right, right, and right. It just it, like that's laughably fake. Yeah, but this one we were looking at, or like this is a well done shot. Like it looks believable even now, you know? Well, it was, it was funny too. When Die Hard 2 came out, uh, I was, I was uh, older and more able to get to the movie theaters on my own. Sure. And you know, the big, the big hullabaloo for that movie is that they're, they're supposed to be at like Washington uh, national, or not national, not national airport, but Dallas, Dallas airport yeah. in, 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 they say it's in DC, but it's in Virginia. Yeah. Just spoilers. True. Um, but we, that, that's a very distinctive airport. Mm-hmm. Like everyone who lives in that area knows what it looks knows like. Knows what it looks like. So every time, you know, I'm in there with a group of people and every time they show like an external shot of the airport and like, we can tell it's not Dulles. We're like, bullshit. <laughs> it's not Dulles at all. Yeah. So we, you know, us, us DMV people wouldn't, we didn't buy the hype. We're like, whatever. Fakers. <laughs> that's super funny. I forget which airport they use. I think they use JFK in New York. Yeah, that uh, makes for sense. It. Because also because I think it was like the year they were filming, it was like super warm in in the DC area. So like there there was no snow. <laughs> so it's like we need snow, damn it. We need snow, stat. <laughs> you know, you can't just they weren't just digitizing snow back then. Yeah, it was out of the budget. <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, again, like, like I said, we're, I don't want to dive too much into Die Hard Two and Die Hard Three, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, John McTiernan didn't come back to direct Die Hard Two. That was mm-hmm. uh, actually Rennie Harlan who stepped in, okay. and uh, McTiernan would come back to direct Die Hard Three, though. Interesting. So I mean, he he would come back to the franchise and kind of. I think I like Die Hard Three more than Two. Okay. Um, and I think it's because Rennie, Rennie Harlan's a bit of a cheese goofball. Hacky kind of guy, but he, he uh, had a little bit of cheese on that yeah, one for sure. <laughs> a little, little, little cheese, little little gooey, gooey, gooey cheese, a little Velveeta. There you go, <laughs> straight out of the microwave. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I, gosh darn it! I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna stop us here. Yeah. Okay. What do you, what do you think? Any, any, any closing thoughts on Die Hard? Do you want to say any, any imparting words of wisdom? Any uh, persuasiveness for people who maybe are also hiding who haven't seen this movie? <laughs> closet non uh, viewers of the film yeah i mean if you're like me i highly recommend going to see it well not really going you can you know stay at home and, mm-hmm. and see it. even better you know grab a couple hans toberfest beers live the moment and just enjoy the crazy awesome action that started off really a new era yeah, cook up some some brats for on Superfest too while you're at it. There you go. I mean, Roger's been nibbling on coleslaw. Or coleslaw, Jesus <laughs> Christ. He's been nibbling on sauerkraut the entire episode. Sauerkraut. Yum yum yum. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, with that, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm, I think we're gonna bring it to an end. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, if people are interested, or if they like us at all, they can go on <laughs> Apple iTunes and give us a five star review because those are super cool. Yes. Uh, they help small podcasts like this one uh, get 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 known and get get a little love. 
right. Um, Again, you can follow the show at TomCast underscore podcast on Twitter and at the TomCast underscore podcast on Instagram. You can also follow the newly minted diehard superfan, Roger Smith, <laughs> at XOmegaGold on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, give, me, give me a Hans line to close it out with. yippee Kaye, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Bye for now. Na- bye for now. It's Cody's line. God damn it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Ciao, babes. The following people are to be released from their captors. In Northern Ireland, the seven members of the new Provo Front. In Canada, the five imprisoned leaders of Liberté de Québec. In Sri Lanka, the nine members of the Asian Dawn. What the fuck? I read about them in Time magazine. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions!